Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, Momentum Church. Good morning. Y'all, I am excited to preach with all of the echo. And if you are in this range right here, I have tried to allow enough space for me to not hit you. But guys, I am excited to preach this morning. And uh, if anybody is okay with me preaching this morning, can I hear you say, get some? Yeah, yeah we're excited this morning. Uh, we've been in this series called Bite Size. And uh, the idea of Bite Size is this idea that uh, as, as Christ followers, we all have these goals in our lives of, of how we want to uh, be able to achieve a, a resemblance of Jesus. And it's this goal of becoming more like Jesus. And for uh, a lot of people, you get discouraged because you think about how far away you are from actually living like Jesus. And so uh, it kind of becomes defeating almost. Um, and, and so as we look at the idea of bite size, it's this idea that, you know, we can take small bites towards becoming more like Jesus. And with every bite that we take, with every little M&M, if you've seen that on social media from, from people at our church, with every little M&M that we drop in the cup, we become a little bit more like Jesus. Do I need a different mic? All right. <clears throat> we become a little bit more like Jesus. And so with that, uh, we've been covering a lot of different bite-sized principles, things that you can go throughout the week and do uh, and, and become more and more like Jesus as we go. And today we're actually talking about the idea of prayer. And, and if, you saw my, uh, if you saw my video on social media, we've been set up for failure, I believe, in the area of prayer. And, and I think it comes down to expectations, okay? Because we have just some crazy expectations. And if you're in the business world, sales world, like you understand that you have to set proper expectations in business. Anybody agree with that? You have to set proper expectations. You yeah, so here's the thing, like I have different expectations in my life and we've all experienced like bad expectations uh, or, or crazy expectations. Uh, anybody ever taken a drink of, of sweet tea thinking that it was Coke? <laughs> You've done that, right? It's terrible. There's nothing wrong with the tea, but you were expecting Coke. You were expecting soda and you got this nasty, like flat tea that was terrible, right? I love tea. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make enemies. I like tea, right? And whenever I go to Waffle House, I love Waffle House, right? But I have proper expectations for Waffle House. Yeah, all right. Praise Jesus. Waffle House, man. Waffle House is like Jesus because it's always open, right? That wasn't in the plan. Right, yeah. So like we, I love Waffle House, but I have proper expectations. Whenever I go to Waffle House, I expect the table to be sticky, like, like, you don't go to Waffle House not expecting for the table to be sticky because you're going to be sorely disappointed most of the time, right? And so whenever you get there and you're like, oh, the table's not sticky. Like, it's a, wow, that's a great day, you know? I have proper expectations for my life going to Waffle House, right? I don't go there expecting good service either. Sometimes you get good service, right? And that's a great day, but I expect my order to come back wrong and... You know, that just, it's part of it. It's part of the experience, right? Uh, at my house, um, you know, I don't know if you saw maybe a week and a half ago, I'm still trying to figure out how to use social media properly. Uh, and I posted this picture of a peanut butter jar that I found in my pantry. Uh, it had no lid. 
and had a plastic bag over the top of it to act as a lid. Because I'm like, man, this is, this is, I don't know what happened a week and a half later. I haven't asked because I'm like, man, this is, this is my expectation for my life now. Like, like six years ago, I would have been really frustrated about that. Don't judge me. I would have been, I would have been like, what, what is going on? Who is running this house? You know, like, it would have been terrible. But now, like, three kids later and a dog, I just don't ask questions. I, I, I opened up the pantry, and I'm like, that's about right. <laughs> right? You got to have, you got to have proper expectations in your life. And, uh, you know, I think that's, I, I think that's what has gone wrong for many Christians in prayer. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands as to, like, who prays consistently, because we, we know through just conversations that a lot of Christians don't pray consistently, right? And the reason is because we have bad expectations. Anybody heard the sermon, if you just have faith like a mustard seed, right? You could tell this mountain to what? Move, right, yeah. You'd tell this mountain to move. And, and so I don't know about you, but like for me, whenever I heard that sermon, I thought of something that I felt like the Lord could do possibly like in an instant. And I went home and I prayed that, right? For single guys, this is kind of what it looked like for you, right? You hear the sermon on, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to move, right? Just have faith and the Lord is going to answer your prayers. And so for any single guys or previously single guys, this is what you prayed. You prayed, Lord, I believe I have faith that a beautiful woman is going to come talk to me for no good reason. Do we have any guys who are willing to admit you've prayed that prayer or something similar? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And Chip, there you go. He answered your prayer. It didn't work for most of us the first time that we prayed it. All right. It was, okay. It was a lot of times that you prayed. And then the Lord finally answered your prayer like he answered ours. Right? If, if you were a kid and you, and you heard that mustard seed sermon, then all of a sudden God became like Santa Claus, right? I, listen, I know little kids, I prayed this whenever I was a kid, right? Lord, I have faith that you will bring me a bicycle by the end of the week. <laughs> but that bicycle didn't come <laughs> at the end of the week, right? Uh, if, you're, if you're in a job that you really don't like and you hear that sermon, your prayer is, Lord, I have faith that you will burn this place to the ground. <laughs> maybe that's not what you prayed. That's not what you prayed. But maybe instead the prayer was like, Lord, I believe that you will allow a new job to just fall into my lap, right? We've prayed that. But the job didn't just fall into your lap like you were expecting, at least not for most of us, you know. For most of us, it didn't work out like that. And uh, maybe uh, something a little bit more serious, right? You, you prayed, you heard the sermon, faith like a mustard seed, pray for anything that you want and it'll be done for you. And, and so you go home and you say, Lord, please take the memories away. But you still see the faces. You still hear all of the sounds. You still have the desires the, the girl didn't come, the, the bike didn't come, you know, the, the, the new job didn't come, and now all of a sudden, about, but really hard to believe in, becomes a little bit more like Santa in that he's really fun to talk about, but really hard to believe in. It's because our expectations were set wrong. 
And, and that's what I'd like to be able to address with us this morning because there's, a, there's probably a thousand different places that we could go in teaching on prayer this morning. And um, unfortunately, I can't discuss everything that you need to possibly know on prayer. But if I can get you to take one more bite this week towards prayer and towards consistent prayer, then we'll consider this morning a success. So is anybody ready to go? All right, let's do this. So, I think in order for us to understand the concept of prayer, uh, we need to understand why we have access to pray. Like, what, what does it mean for us to pray? Because there's different, different faiths believe different things. If you're uh, a Catholic or former Catholic in here, we love you. We're glad that you're here. We pray a little bit differently um, in, in, in this church. We pray a little bit differently. And, and here's why we pray differently. This is why we don't pray to uh, saints or, or the Mother Mary or, or anybody else, okay? The, the reason why we don't is because uh, there was this there was this temple uh, in the Old Testament, right? And the, the temple had the outer courts, uh, then it had the inner courts, and then it had this place that was called the Most Holy Place or the Holy of Holies. All right, and that that space was where the Ark of the Covenant was, and that's where God would come down uh, one time a year and speak with one person, the high priest, one time a year. And and whenever he would come down that one time a year, the the, the priest would get a chance to go into the presence of God, and he would get the opportunity to speak with the God of the universe. But that, that one place where God was, was separated by a very large veil, separated by, by a very large, uh, very thick veil. And it says in Matthew, uh, I believe, 27, uh, 51, it says that whenever Jesus died on the cross, all of a sudden, that temple veil, that place that separated God from the rest of his creation, where only one man could go, all of a sudden, that temple veil was torn in two from top to bottom. And then we move on to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16. And it says, do you not know that your body is a temple? If you work out in here, you know that, that, that scripture, right? Like, my body's a temple. My body's a temple, right? It's not, not quite what it means, but it works good for workouts, right? It says, it says, do you not know that your body is a temple? And that word temple in the Greek actually translates into the holy of holies or the most holy place, that place where God would dwell and he would come down and talk with one man one time out of the year. Whenever Jesus died on the cross, that temple veil was torn from top to bottom. And now all of a sudden, God has said through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, through him dying and resurrecting, now he his spirit will come to live inside of you to those who believe in his name. And whenever he comes to live inside of you, now all of a sudden that place that was too holy, that place that was separate for, for only one man, one time a year, now is inside of you. And so that's why we pray directly to the king of the universe. Because Jesus gave us access through his name. And, and, and whenever we talk about the idea of the name of someone like Jesus, it's similar to a king's authority. And it's the, the king's authority that is said, now because my son has, has died on the cross and bled, now he's resurrected. And through his name, through his authority, you have direct access to me. And that's why we get to pray directly to the Father. 
Now, if we understand that, then we understand that now we can pray directly, but, but what do we do with our prayers, right? What do we do with them? Because yes, part of it is that we need to have a conversation with God. It's just, sometimes it's just a conversation. God just wants to, just wants to chat and, and get to know us and build a relationship. But, but today, the focus is going to be more on the expectations of the work of prayer, the work of prayer. And, and to do that, I need to take you somewhere. We're going to go to Israel, all right? In Israel, there is this, there's this place called the Shephelah. Everybody say Shephelah. Now, the Shephelah is a fun place, and I don't know if you just said it correctly. I just got you to mimic me. Um, and, and so the Shephelah is this place in Israel, okay? And if we go into the topographical maps, right, then you can see where uh, Jerusalem is up in the mountains, okay? This is where God's people are. And then you come down the mountain and you go towards the coastal plain, and this is where the Philistines are. Congratulations, you're all Philistines this morning. <laughs> right, but there's this place in the middle, right? There's this place in the Judean foothills, it's the place in between the mountains of Jerusalem, God's people, and the coastal plains of the Philistines. There's this place in the middle, the foothills, that's called the Shephelah. Now, I think in order for me to, to do this justice, I'm going to need a volunteer, a, a, a male who is not afraid to stand with his hands in his pockets the rest of the service. Come on. Oh, they're pointing. I've, I've got different people pointing at different people. Somebody needs to come up here. Mike, all right, he's already moving. Come on up here. Everybody welcome Mike to the stage. Now, before I get your head, come on over here. Before I get your head too big, I got to warn you, I'm not calling you God, all right? Yeah, now you come over here. But you're going to play the part of God for us today. And so I need you to come right on up here. We have tested this thing. It is safe. Um, but your head is probably going to be in the light. So come on up here. So uh, the Shephelah, as we look uh, at the idea of the Shephelah, we have uh, Jerusalem. <laughs> we have Jerusalem. You know what? Can we turn this off? Because they don't need it. If you need notes, go to today's notes on mymomentumchurch.tv. All right. So. I'm going to help you out in just a second. All right. So we have the Judean foothills that are the Shephelah. We have uh, God's people up there on the mountain. We have the coastal plains down here. And what's interesting about this, this space is all of this is actually in the promised land. Uh, this was all promised to the people. And, and so Joshua and his army were, were supposed to cast everybody out. All the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Sumerites, all of the ites. They were all supposed to be cast out. But if we go into Judges chapter 1, we see where uh, they didn't do their job. They didn't cast everybody out and take full possession of the land. Let's go to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2, go with me. Uh, like I said, you can go to mymomentumchurch.tv and click on today's notes and you'll find it in there. Judges chapter 2. Now the angel of the Lord, verse 1, came up, up from Gilgal to Bochum, and he said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land which I have sworn to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And as for you, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this that you've done? 
Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they will become as thorns in your sides and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. So this was a place that they were supposed to conquer completely and they didn't do it. And now God is saying, because you didn't do what I told you to do, now you're going to have problems. This area that you did not conquer is going to be a constant struggle for you. It's going to be a constant place of battle. And so we see where David uh, came down the mountain, right? He's up here in, in the mountains, in the good land, and he comes down into the valley of Elah, where Goliath, the Philistines have come up, and this is where they meet to determine who will conquer this territory today. And it was this constant struggle back and forth, back and forth for control over the land called the Shephelah. We see where Samson uh, came down the mountain into Timnah. He had taken a Nazarite vow, and, and, and the city of Timnah is in the Shephelah. And this is where he ends up breaking his Nazarite vow to go and, and mess with a dead lion. Now, all of a sudden, he has become more like the world that he was supposed to shape. And, and rabbis will say, they'll ask you uh, from time to time, how is your Shephelah? And what that means is, is that it is understood that God's people were up in the mountains. The, the rest of the world was down below. And now there is this space where God's people interact with the rest of the world. And one of two things can happen in Shephelah. You can either pull the world up into God's presence or you can be pulled down into the world. And you can see this all throughout Scripture. You see it all throughout Scripture. I'm reminded of uh, the creation story, right? Anybody remember creation? I know that we go through this a lot, but this is foundational, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens. Part two. Then he created the earth. He created everything that's on the earth. He created the trees. He created the, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, right? And if we go back to Revelation chapter 12, before the earth, there was a war in heaven. The earth was created. This war in heaven was between the, the accuser that stands accusing us night and day. Uh, uh, he was called the ancient dragon, and we saw him like lightning cast out of heaven, him and a third of the angels to the earth. But on the sixth day, on the sixth day, God did something different. He said, I need to create something else, something that can rule, something that can be in between, something that is not fully earth, but not fully heaven. And so he takes the dust of the ground and he forms man and woman and he blows his spirit, not fully earth, not fully heaven, but something that is a combination of both. And he says, you will stand in the middle. And you will be the one that, that subdues the earth and subdues everything on the earth. And you, for the rest of your life, will have the opportunity to pull things into my presence, to pull things into my glory, to pull things to reflect me. But you will stand in the middle. 
But then we took a bite of the fruit, and now all of a sudden, in the middle of Shephelah, we are pulled down to the earth. We are pulled down into darkness. But like any good God, like any uh, omniscient God, he saw this coming. And so he says, you know what? There is now something that is missing from the middle. What I created and intended to be in the middle is no longer in the middle. It can no longer uh, rule and and subdue the earth like I have called uh, that to do. And now there will be disorder if I don't restore it. And so he sends his son to die on the cross for us. And whenever he dies on the cross, he, 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 he bleeds, he dies, and he's resurrected three days later, and he gives authority and power and brings us all back into right standing. And he says, come up out of the darkness and stand in the middle where you were designed to stand. That is Shephelah. And so now we have one of two options. As we stand in Shephelah, We have one of two options. One is to pull our circumstances into the presence of God or be pulled into the world. Be pulled into the darkness. And that's where we find ourselves in prayer. See, so many times, uh, so many times this is kind of what we think that it's supposed to look like, right? We have all of our, all of the stuff in our life, right? And, and this, whenever we get into faith like a mustard seed, right, we, we're sitting here and we're like, hey, God, got all this stuff here. I need you to come take care of this. And we stand there and we wait and we wait. Hey, God, I need you to come take care of this. But that's not, that's not prayer. That's not the essence of Shephelah. Because if we understand what our role is, and we understand what our role specifically in prayer is, then we understand it doesn't look like us telling God to come down. And actually, whenever we talk about the idea of faith like a mustard seed, and if you have faith and you can tell this mountain to move, you know that's brought up somewhere else. It's also brought up whenever he's coming out of the temple, and he curses the fig tree, and he says, hey, listen. Listen, if you have faith, if you have enough faith, then you can tell this mountain to move. Well, what scholars actually believe is that the idea of the mountain was the mount, the temple mount, the, the place where they did all of their worship, where they did their sacrifices. And so what Jesus is actually saying, I personally believe, is that he's saying it's not about picking up a physical mountain and telling it to move. It's saying instead of giving in to the world's religion, instead of giving in to something that God God never intended for you to give into instead of being ruled and reigned by your brother instead love your brother if you have enough faith if you have enough and I'm not buying into that then what you can do is you can say I see all the religion and I'm not buying into that I'm buying into the relationship and and the call on my life is not just to follow some religion for the sake of religion. The call on my life is to bind up the brokenhearted. And if I have enough faith, then I can know that it's my job to go do that. I have been anointed to do this. I stand in the gap. I stand in Shephelah and I pull things into the presence of God. If you have faith like a mustard seed, You can tell this mountain to move. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can stand in the gap and you say, I have the anointing of God on my life to bind up the brokenhearted. I have the anointing on my life to set prisoners free. And so instead, a better better picture of prayer 
is more like this. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I need your help. And here's the thing, right? We need supernatural help. Scripture also says that he will give his angels charge concerning you. It, It says that he is sending the Holy Spirit to help us, right? But it's to help us, not do it for us. And so a better picture is, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I need your help. God, in the name of Jesus, I'm still dealing with this, and and it's difficult. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, help me bring it into your presence, God. Help me do it some more, God. Help me, give me enough faith to keep going, God. Give me enough faith to do it again, God, because I've been doing this for a long time. Give me enough faith to keep going. And you know what, sometimes it's Sometimes it's easier than at other times, right? Sometimes in the name of Jesus. And thankfully, you know, you're like, God, I, I haven't gotten enough rest. I don't know how to do this. And, and, and I, I need your help, God. And he's like, perfect. Boom. All the way up in the presence of God. You know, praise the Lord, man. We believe that sometimes that happens. Sometimes we have miracles of healing. Sometimes we have miracles of deliverance that happen, right? But, but a more consistent action of faith is, is the idea that God... I hate my job, but I know you have me here for a reason. God, help me, help me to get through today, Lord. Help me, to, help me to bless somebody today. Lord, help me to bring this relationship into your presence, God. In the name of Jesus, I'm having a bad day, right? And, and, and we can choose, we can choose to not pray. You, you don't have to pray, right? Maybe your job's going okay. You don't have to pray, right? You don't have to. But here's what happens. Only one of, one of two things is going to happen. Either you pull your circumstances into God's presence or the world brings it back in. It brings it back down. And so whether you feel like, man, my life is made in the shade. I got it all together. I don't, I don't need help with that, right? Or, or, or you feel like life is struggling pretty hard right now. Either way, you got to keep going. You got to keep having faith like a mustard seed, right? You got to keep praying. And it's a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until eventually you get it into the presence of Jesus. That's our job in Shephelah. Do we have a a high schooler or college age kid? Somebody who's willing to to come on. Come on. This is what it looks like. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is, it's especially important for parents. Come on over here, sweetheart. It's, it's especially important for parents, right? Because sometimes you're going to pray, Lord, I need your hand. I need your hand on my kids. Is it okay if I hold your hand? Is that okay? And you got to start praying. It's okay. This is going to hold us. <laughs> you got to start praying every day. It's, it's God, I, I need you to show up in my daughter's life. I need you to show up in my son's life. Come on up. I, I need you to do a work in them. God, I need you to deliver them. God, you see the bad choices. You see maybe the, the depression that they're going through. You see all the peer pressure that they're dealing with. And I have a choice every single day to say, God, help me to bring this little girl into the presence of you, God. 
Help me have faith to continue to not give up. Help me to have the faith to continue to pull her into your presence. But you gotta have faith. You gotta be willing to stand in Shephelah. That's why we pray every day. Whether things are good or things are not good, you only got one of two options. You can have a seat. Thank you, sir. You can have a seat. Proper expectation is important in prayer. Man, in the name of Jesus, we believe 100%, right, that God in a moment, God in a moment of God, and we're going we're gonna to raise our hands, we're going to shout, we're going to praise, because in a moment, God did it. He brought the healing. He brought the deliverance. He did the stuff that you weren't even sure that he was able to do. But I'm going to tell you, it's hard for you to see that happen if you don't stand in Shephelah and commit to having faith the size of a mustard seed that says, I'm just going to keep doing it. It's not my job to question what God is doing. It's just my job to respond in a moment and say, every day I'm going to do it. Every day. I may not have glorious words to say, but if I know nothing else, God, help me to bring this into your presence. If I don't know anything else to say, God, help me to bring this into your presence. That's all you have to do every day. We're going to take some time right now as the piano's playing and we're going to take just some time in prayer. You're just going to stay seated for now, right? I'm going to have you end up praying for somebody else. If you feel a little bit of courage, you can pray for somebody else here in just a minute. But we're going to start with just praying in our seats. And whenever you pray, right, some of us, you've never prayed before in your life. You're like, am I supposed to close my eyes? Am I not? You know, it doesn't really matter, okay? It doesn't matter. If you want to close your eyes, close your eyes. Sometimes what I find is that by closing my eyes, it just helps me focus a little bit more and not be distracted. All right, but we're going to take some time in our seats. And I just want you, while the piano's playing, just to, just to think through and, and you pray. And if you don't know what to pray, that's perfectly okay. I'm going to tell you what you can pray. It's really simple. You just think about something, anything that's going on in your life. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe, maybe things are good, right? Maybe, maybe you, you're just thankful that your job is going really well. Doesn't matter what, what, what it is, whether it's good or bad. All I want you to do is I just want you to think about that thing, and then I want you to pray. God, Help me bring this into your presence right now. That's all you have to do. And if you feel comfortable praying other things, great, pray other things. But if you don't, just say, Lord, help me to bring this into your presence. And then start going through and saying, Holy Spirit, bring other things to, bring other things to my mind. And then when those other things come to your mind, say, Jesus, help me bring this into your presence. So I'm going to go ahead and ask that for, for this congregation, for us to go ahead and close our eyes for this time. And we're just going to be quiet for a couple of minutes here.
As it comes to your mind, you just pray, Jesus, help me bring this into your presence. catalog of images in your head. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will you'll start to bring those images to their head, Lord, the, the areas of their life that they need to bring into your presence, God. Bring it into, the, bring it into their mind. can do that, what you just did. You can do it every day. It doesn't take a long time. It can if you wanted to. You can be blessed in the, in the, in the quiet moments. But if you're sitting at lunch and you've got a minute and a half, you can bring things into the presence of God. Here's the second half to this, because I think that this, you know, Jesus's ministry was always twofold. It was ministering to us and then us ministering to others. <clears throat> it's always twofold. And I don't know, you know, I mean, I know this, this will probably be outside of the comfort zone for some of you. If you can work up the courage, I want to ask that you would step out and pray for somebody. And, and, and once again, if you're thinking, man, that's, I, I don't know how to pray. Here, here's your prayer. It's just, God, help them bring this circumstance into your presence. I don't know what else to pray, but in Jesus' name, in his authority, help them bring this situation into your presence. Amen. That's all that you have to do. That's all you have to do. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask anybody that, that openly wants somebody to join with them in prayer for something. You don't have to tell anybody what you're going through. You can just say, I need prayer. Or you can open up to somebody if you want to. 
But if that's you and you want somebody to partner with you in prayer for something in your life, I want you to raise your hand. And then anybody who's willing, who can work up a little bit of extra courage, I want you to go and I want you to find somebody with their hand raised and I want you to pray for them. And like I said, if you don't know what to say, just say, Jesus, help them bring this into your presence. All right? Anybody who wants you wants someone to pray with them, would you please raise your hand right now? Please raise your hand. I know, y'all are all nervous. There we go, there's one. Come on. People get up, start moving. If you want prayer, this is the time, man. This is the time. This is what, listen, this is what today was about. If I haven't made that clear, I'm sorry. Look, today, the reason why we aren't doing Facebook Live is because I can't get beside you and pray with you if you're on Facebook Live. You need people to pray with you right now. Because look, I know half of y'all's stories. I know y'all are all jacked up. Y'all need some prayer. This is the time. This is why the body gets together. It's not so that we can just hear a message. It's so that we can minister to one another. And if y'all don't want to raise your hand, that's fine. But just lean over to somebody beside you and pray for them then. But if you want prayer, I want you to raise your hand. We got people that are starting to raise their hands. Start moving. Get out of your seats. Go find somebody and pray with them. This is what it is to be a follower of Christ. It is not just that we receive the message, but then we go forth and move in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we go and we take the cross on our shoulders, and we say, Jesus did it for me, now I'll come and I'll do it for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'll take the burden. you don't have anybody to pray for and you want to just lean over to your spouse or your friend whoever's with you right now and you just want to say a quick prayer for them do that just say lord bring their life into your presence god things may be good but just bring it into your presence god just bring this stuff into your presence god Dear God, I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you call us into this place of Shephelah, Lord. Yes, Lord, I thank you for these people right now, Lord, that, that are stepping out, Lord, stepping outside of their comfort zone, Lord. They've never done this before. They've never, they've never prayed for somebody else before. God, I thank you, Lord, for moving right now, Lord. God, I just pray that we can bring our finances into your presence, God. God, that we can bring our relationships into your presence, God. God, I pray that you can help us bring our past hurts into your presence, God. God, I pray that for those in here who life is really good right now, God, help them to continue to bring their life into your presence. Help them to continue, God, in your presence, God. And Lord, I just pray that you will bless us, God. 
Bless us as we try to move in the place known as We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.